Z1077 welcomes you to Up Close, a weekly public affairs program presented by Z1077 News. You're invited to call in with your questions and comments. Our call-in number is 366-8471. Now, your host for Up Close, Gary Danielle. Well, thank you, mystery announcer, wherever you are, and welcome to the Z1077 Up Close Show, a special presentation of Z1077 News presented in the public interest. Our phone number for you to call and participate today is 760-366-8471. Our producer is Rebecca Havley. And our guest in studio today is John McMahon, the sheriff of San Bernardino County, and Travis Newport, the commander of the Morongo Basin Station of the San Bernardino Sheriff's Department. I, I think I got your full title in there, Captain Newport. Uh, All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we invite you to uh, give us a call, and, and this is a special presentation of the Up Close Show. Normally, this show has been on Friday. In fact, this show has been on Fridays for 40 years, and this is the first time we've done a special Up Close Show. So, uh, delighted to have you in. And we're brought here today by a a combined community problem. We have a threat to our community. And the Sheriff's Department is reacting to that threat and requested that we do the show today. And that threat is the possibility of a violent sexual predator uh, moving into Joshua Tree. Now, uh, Sheriff McMahon, violent sexual, I think sexually violent predator, SVP, is actually a legal term. How does one earn that title? Yeah, it's a determination made by the courts. And uh, it's based on their past history, and and it's clear that this guy has reoffended a number of times, and both raping adult women as well as molesting young girls. And so he's been determined by the court to be a sexually violent predator, which then puts him into, in in this case, Colinga State Hospital, where he's being treated for psychological issues as well. And and there is a process by which that they can ultimately be released from that by a judge, and that's exactly what's trying to occur here. Okay, and we want, we want to talk to you a little bit about the process and how it came to this, but I do want to let folks know that they can call at seven six zero three six six eight four seven one if you have a question about the process, what you can do uh, to keep this person from moving in our area. First. Uh, uh, very interesting looking at social media. I know you're not supposed to do that, but that's what people are thinking. That's what's coming out of their head. When this first came up, the story about this uh, SVP being relocated to the area, everybody says, oh, they've been doing that for years. They they dump sex offenders here. They dump parolees here. Uh, I've been saying this for years. I'll have you back me up on it. No, they don't. It's strictly against the law to do parolee dumping or dumping of, of any uh, criminal or someone with a medical problem, even homeless people. You can't do that. That's correct. And this case actually shows that you can't do that because they have to go through a legal process in order to take someone who is from a different county and locate them in another county. Normally the way it works, uh, and in 99% of the time it does work, is someone who is a sex offender who does their time, gets out of jail, they're now a registered sex offender, they are sent back to the county they are from. So there is no dumping here. Those people who have offended are being sent back to the county they are from because they've completed their sentence. Correct. Okay. Correct. And it's it's very clear in the law. And in, in this case, uh, sexually violent predators are exactly the same way. They have to go back to their county unless there's some extenuating circumstances that the judge determines will make them eligible to be placed in a separate county. And that's what's going on in this case. The judge has said that 
there's some ex- extraordinary circumstances that would allow this person to be placed somewhere outside of Ventura County. So, so the judge is the one who's making this determination. Do you have any idea why the judge picked Joshua Tree? Uh, I don't. Um, they their contract the state contracts with Liberty Health Services, and ultimately they're the ones that try to find a place for this person to live. The judge didn't direct them to look specifically in Joshua Tree. They tried in Sacramento, trip place him there, and the community outrage was similar to what we're seeing here. And ultimately, the person that owned the home chose not to rent to this individual. So therefore, you couldn't be placed in Sacramento. The judge then said you find another place in a couple of other counties, and Liberty came back and said, we found a place in Joshua Tree. Uh, let's come back to, to Liberty Health Services. Exactly what is their position? What is their place in this? I know when someone is uh, is sentenced to jail, they get out of jail, and with some very bad offenders, they determine that that sentence is based on a mental problem, and then they're sent to the Kalinga Mental Hospital. It's a state hospital. And then Liberty Health Services oversees. What is their relationship with these, with these patients, these offenders? Liberty has a contract with the Department of State Hospitals to manage these folks when they get released from Kalinga under the court order. They're, they are in charge of the supervision as well as finding placement for them and everything associated with SVPs being released from Kalinga. Now, what determined that he was no longer needed to be in a mental hospital and could be released? What, what, what was that circumstance? It's our understanding that based on his treatment inside the facility, that the psychiatrist and the staff there believed that he was in a place that he was ready to be released and could continue his treatment and transition back into the community. So it was determined by the the mental health professionals uh, that he is releasable. Then it becomes a responsibility of liberal health services to figure out where to release him and and by what means they keep track of him. Right, and once they determine, the mental health professionals determine he's he's good to be released, they have to get the buy-off by the judge. And so in this case, the judge said, okay, we believe that he's ready to be released. Liberty, find a place for him to move to. And Liberty said, hey, Joshua Tree. Uh, yes, as one of their choices. Now, originally, the, the person would have to be released in Ventura County because that's where he's from, except the judges determined their circumstances that would allow him to be placed somewhere else. And this is a Ventura County judge? Yes. Just saying. I yep. mean, maybe there's not a whole lot of reason for them to place him in their own county. This does not happen very often, and yeah. it's, it's happened once or twice um, that I remember one other time in the high desert, and, and in that particular case, not unlike Sacramento, the landlord chose not to rent to that person. So the landlord chose not to rent, and that was the, that was the end of the story. Right, then there's no place to put him. Okay. Uh, but there is an administrative process by which uh, this person would come to uh, the, for Josh, would come to the Morongo Basin, and what we're doing now is part of that process. You're eliciting the public's reaction to this. How does the public issue an objection? Yeah, they can either send letters to us, they can send emails, and we will make sure that all gets to the DA's office. And the deputy DA will take all of that to the court and present that to them actually before the court date on November 7th. And I think she mentioned on Monday night the due date of those letters and and, uh, emails. And uh, Travis, maybe you remember the date. I think it was well, a couple days I, before. I, I saw a one email that said that the 
the date is today, but then I got a press release from Supervisor Don Rao, which said the date is the 29th. Uh, that's correct, Gary. Uh, so the 29th is the, the deadline. However, we want the public to understand they can still send their opposition in even after that. Um, it is discovery issues for the court uh, if, if they don't give enough notice to the, to the uh, defense counsel. But we can still try to make things happen if there's upcoming um, uh, procedures that the you know, court procedures that we have to attend. And while we are speaking right now, the staff here at Z1077 is posting on our website the uh, address to send a letter of objection, the email address for the local district attorney. Uh, we're posting all that information now. That's at Z1077FM.com, and I think they probably have it done by now. Okay. Uh, so in this letter, uh, what does, how does one say what the objection is? I mean, I think one of the things probably as a society we find the most repugnant is someone who would victimize children. I, I, it doesn't, you know, uh, even, even the inmates in prison are not going to be very friendly to a guy who's been sentenced for, uh, for being improper with children. That's one of the things we find most repugnant. So we can't just write to the judge saying, I don't like the guy here because I find him repugnant. Right. We have to give a reason for that. So how would someone couch their objections? A, a variety of ways. It, whether they live close to the proposed residence, uh, whether their kids attend school in that general area, uh, whether their kids go to a bus stop in that general area, just their overall concern for the safety of the residents in the Joshua Tree area as well as the rest of the Morongo Basin. That most folks don't want this individual living here. He's got a pattern and history of reoffending. Yeah, and I want to talk about that, what his history is. I do want to let you know, I just heard from our producers, all that information is now up on our website. It's the first thing you see on the website uh, is all the information, the addresses, the phone numbers, the email. And all that. So l let's, talk about, uh, let's, let's talk about this individual and how he got to this point. And it's amazing how much is, is going on over one guy, but I guess that's the way the law works. His name is Ross Lee Walschlager. He has no ties to San Bernardino County. His crimes were committed in Ventura County. And yet we hear we have a sheriff's captain and the sheriff of the county having to spend time to protect their constituency to try to, ca to keep this guy out. Uh, how did this is a bad guy give us a little background on him yeah, yeah this is a bad guy <laughs> yeah that, that really we can talk about him not even shouldn't even be out of prison for but that's a whole nother story um, and clearly doesn't need to come to our county but his his history began in about 1983 when he was charged with four counts of rape and was through a plea agreement convicted of two counts and then paroled in 1987 so he, he only did about four years in prison on those cases and then while he was on parole, he sexually assaulted a 10-year-old girl who was asleep in her bed in the family's home. Now, I understand he actually came to the window of this house, looked in, saw a 10-year-old sleeping, then and broke into the house and, and, uh, and molested her. Yeah, that's his pattern. That's he looks everybody's through, nightmare. He looks through the windows yeah. at night, and, and then that's how he identifies his victims. And in this case, he did just that. He broke in after looking through the window. And there were two young girls there, and he sexually assaulted a 10-year-old girl and then was sent back to prison. So then he gets back to prison. Yeah, and then at that point, the judge formally declared that he was a sexually violent predator. And so he spent some time in the Department of State hospitals and, and ultimately again released in 2007. 
And in 2009, he was a, a transient in Ventura County and was then violated and sent back again because of a variety of reasons, including being in possession. Yes, and being in possession of pornography and not completing his treatment, variety of other things that violated the terms and conditions, and he was sent back again. Now, once a judge determines you're a sexually violent predator, you carry that label for the rest of your life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And as part of that, is, is he, I'm sure he's required to check in as a, as a probation officer. Somebody's required to check in and check him on a regular basis. Yeah, since my understanding, when he was released in Ventura County, he had two ankle monitors as well, trying to track him via GPS. And it's it's the important part is, even though he's tracked via GPS, it's not real-time reported to us. So if, if he were to be moving around and not supposed to be moving around, we wouldn't know that initially. We could find out later where he went based on the GPS ankle monitoring, but we're not notified real-time that he's not where he's supposed to be. Okay, so whoever's monitoring that GPS, there's a time lag between the, there's a movement, and they can actually report that movement. So, yes. Okay, uh, which makes him m even more dangerous. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. So he had two GPS monitors in yep. Ventura County. Yep. Uh, did, they, did they work? Were they able to keep track of it? Well, he was violated a number of times. Okay. And, and then again in 2010 sent back because he was found playing with or visiting with the neighbor children which was an absolute violation. And some may argue that he was trying to build a relationship with them for some other crime later. Who knows? But, yeah. but he's clearly not supposed to be associating with the neighbor children. Now, uh, Captain Newport, if this relocation is successful, and that's what we're all trying to stop, what does that mean for your deputies here in our Morongo Basin? What, what kind of resources does it take? That's a great question, Gary. You know, many people know that our resources out here in the Morongo Basin, you know, we're not as plentiful. You know, we have uh, two deputy sheriffs that handle our county area, typically on a given day. Sometimes we have more. Um, this type of placement would cause a burden for us. You know, not only, unfortunately, do we have to, to try to protect our citizens from this sexually violent predator, but in some cases we may end up actually happening to protect him from other people. As all of us know, there are people out there that uh, would would not uh, hesitate to harm somebody like him. So, th so that's taxing to us as well. And as it is now, our response times are actually pretty good for the, the type of area that we have. We, we average about an 11 minute uh, expedited priority response time, but it shouldn't go without knowing that this is such a large area, 2,700 square miles. And if I have a deputy on the west end and a deputy on the east end, both handling priority calls, and then we get an emergency call regarding this subject, uh, it's going to take us some time to get there. So, so I want to come back to, to what your initial statement you said. Not only do you have to protect uh, the community from him, but you have to protect him from the community. That's absolutely correct. So, uh, and we, we want the Ventura court judge to understand that. Um, you know, we're law enforcement officers. Uh, we have an obligation to protect everybody. You know, whether you like it or not, that's our job. And in this particular instance, we will be tasked with that. We do understand that there are people that are brazen enough to try to harm an individual like Well, this. if you look at social media already, there's, there's, there's death threats on you're, social media already. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. And those, those threats are actually something that we're taking to the court with us uh, for me to testify to as to show the impact that it could have operationally 
on our Morongo Basin station. So it could could severely detract from the protection you're able to give that huge area you have to cover with relatively few men and you're, women. You're absolutely yeah. correct. And, yeah. and Gary, the best way I can say it is it's an unnecessary distraction to these communities. All right. We're going to take a quick little break. We'll be back with more of the Z1077 Up Close. We're going to talk about the process and what you can do uh, to help keep this SVP, I'll use the acronym, uh, out of our community. So call 760-366-8471, and you can, call dire- you can speak directly with Sheriff McMahon and Captain Newport of the County Sheriff's Department. We'll be right back with more Up Close. Don't go away. Tops Taxi, the reliable, prompt, professional taxi service you know and love, is now serving patrons from Yucca Valley to the Marine Base and everywhere in between. Owned and operated by an active-duty Marine, Tops Taxi offers special services, including long-distance rides, scenic trips, transportation to theme parks, and medical appointments. Tops Taxi does it all. With the lowest rates and clean, smoke-free cabs with honest drivers, you'll never be without a ride with Tops Taxi. Want to drive for Tops? Call 760-984-9445. Tops Accepts Cash, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, and Discover. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... And Doug. Yoto, my office, now! Limo, Imu, Doug, you're being transferred across town. Oh, because they haven't heard that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance, so you only pay for what you need. No, it's because Limu keeps eating the chips on Janine's desk. And her keyboard, and her expense reports, and her stress balls, and her... Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Saturday, October 26th is National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day. Help keep prescription opioids out of the wrong hands and reduce the risk of diversion, misuse, and abuse. When your opioid medicine expires or you no longer need it, please dispose of leftover medicines at a drop-off location as quickly as possible. For more information or to locate the Take Back Day location closest to you, go to DEATakeback.com. This message is paid for by Purdue Pharma. Get struck by bolts of luck with the $40,000 lightning strike at Tortoise Rock Casino. Every Friday starting at 5.30 p.m., you can win up to $250 in free play. Lightning will strike 11 winners every half hour. Anyone playing with a Club 29 card in can win the $40,000 lightning strike. Fridays from 5.30 to 10 p.m. at Tortoise Rock Casino in 29 Palm. It's all right here. Stay warm this winter with cold, hard cash. Sunday, November 3rd at Tortoise Rock Casino. Every half hour from 3 to 7.30 p.m., you can win $500 in free play. At 8 p.m., play for $1,000 cash. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. At 9 p.m., we're giving away $3,000 cash. Play with your Club 29 card in to win cold, hard cash. Sunday, November 3rd at Tortoise Rock Casino in 29 Palm. It's all right here. And we are back with the Z1077 Up Close Show today. Our special guest in studio today is John McMahon, the Sheriff of San Bernardino County, and Captain Travis Newport, the commander of the Morongo Basin Station of the Sheriff's Department. Uh, we've invited you to call in and uh, ask uh, both Captain Newport and Sheriff McMahon uh, what you can do to uh, try to keep this sexually violent predator out of our communities. And we go right to Mitch, and Mitch, you're on the radio. Good morning. 
Good morning, Gary. How are you? I'm doing great. Miss your comment today? We live across the street from this proposed residence. I'm looking at, out, at it outside the office window right now. And we have the address of the new house owner. I'm wondering if the sheriff thinks there will be any good to come from writing this uh, homeowner or picketing them in front of their residence. Well, That's Mitch, uh, yeah, Mitch. Well, thank you for calling in, and and uh, you certainly are entitled to write a letter to the new property owner should you choose. Uh, our folks have been in contact with the property owner as well, just to bring them up to speed on what's going out here, going on out here in the community, to make sure they're aware of the the threats that are we're hearing and social media and all of that. So um, they're fully aware of what's going on, but I don't, I don't think it would hurt to send a letter. Beings, uh, you're a neighbor expressing your concerns as well. Okay, how about Liberty Health Services? Would it, you think it would do any good to write them? I think it'd be good to write to everybody. Yeah, and, and including the judge. <laughs> you know, we're soliciting letters, and so we can take them to the court, and and we'll we'll take everything that's submitted to us to the court to to share with the judge to make sure that the judge understands that the folks in in our community are not interested in this guy living here. And uh, let me check, Mitch. I think we might have the – do we have the judge's address up on that website also? I think we might. I'll check with my producer here. Yes, we do. So we have those addresses at Z107ZFM.com. You can write those down. But uh, from my point of view, I'd say write everybody, Sheriff yep. McMahon. Yep, sure. Yeah. The, the more the merrier. That's right. Yeah. Okay, I will do that, and I'll also be at the uh, court hearing in Ventura. On the 7th. Wow, okay. Well, thanks, Mitch. Appreciate your call. Thank you, Mitch. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, Jody. You're on the radio. Good morning. Good morning, Gary, and good morning, uh, Mr. McMahon. Hey, I, I would like, I, I'm trying to understand how someone of this statute could be even considered to be let go. I don't, I don't understand that. I mean, everyone obviously knows that he's dangerous. How is this to be allowed I understand, you know, you have to do certain uh, prison or jail time for whatever offense, but for someone of this nature to be so dangerous to public, how can it be considered for him to be released? Well, thank you, Jody, for calling in. And uh, there is a defined process in the law by which these folks can be released. They do their time at, at Colinga Hospital, and I'm talking specifically about SVPs at this point. But they do their time at the hospital, and they're treated by the mental health professionals. And ultimately, they make a recommendation to the judge. And in this case, it was the judge in Ventura County who agreed with a recommendation from the mental health professionals that the next part of this person's treatment is to release them from the facility back into the community and to continue treatment with mental health professionals on the outside and then be supervised. And so... That's the decision the judge made. It's described in the law when they can do it. And, and although it might be frustrating for us, uh, it's, it's in the law, and so the judge is just following the law at this point. Wow. Okay, thank you for that. But, uh, okay, another, I mean, are you allowed to say, uh, or would you, okay, uh, you had mentioned a moment ago about the uh, uh, monitors aren't real time. Correct. Uh, that, that's a mind blower. I did not understand that. Is there uh, what is the lap time lapse in them? They're real time as far as reporting the position of the person. It's just that data is not shared with us immediately. If by chance 
he takes off and goes somewhere where he's not supposed to be, Liberty will be noticed of that, and then they will ultimately contact us and let us know that the person is not where they're supposed to be. Then we can follow up. Oh, okay, I understand. So they do have actual time. Liberty does. Correct. We just don't have the real time. But the Liberty doesn't have the deputies. Right, so Liberty has to call right. us. Right, right. yeah, I, just, I, I was shocked. It's like, okay, they have a, a, a monitor on, but it doesn't show real time. I, I didn't make any sense of that. Okay, yeah. so that, that does clarify that. All right, thank yeah. you very much, sir. All right, thanks, Jody. All right, bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Dan, here we go. Well, we had Dan on the air. Let's see if we can get him back. Okay, we'll go to this line. And, Betty, we have got you on the radio. Good morning. Good morning. And your comment today, Betty? I just have a qu- couple questions because I'm not able to find out the uh, email addresses. I have the one for the P Affairs, Yep. but I was wondering if I could get the one for the judge email and Liberty. Do you have computer access, Betty? Yeah, but I'm not very good at it. Well, all you need to do is go to Z1077FM.com. Just go to that website, and the addresses are listed right there on the front page. Z1077FM.com. No dot. No dot. SM.com. Uh-huh. Okay, I went on there, but I put the dot. Ah, don't do the dots. Okay. Okay, and then if you, right, still yeah, have a, if you still have a problem, Betty, call back, and our producers will be happy to, to give you that on the phone so you can just write it down. But it might be easier just to get it off the website. Okay, thank you so much. You have a great day. You're Thanks, welcome. Betty. God you have bless. a great day. All right. And uh, David, you're on the radio. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? Good morning, David. Good. Well, looking around uh, to see who you're talking to, but yeah. <laughs> well, Gary, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, <Yeah. laughs> Um, hey, you just mentioned about the homeowners and the landlords. There is information um, out there of the people who have owned it for years. Now, I believe the sheriff said they knew owners in an effort to keep um, non-involved people to where these old homeowners would not receive two dump truck loads of mail. Is that a new transaction on the ownership of the property? Uh, David, that's a great question. You know, no, we don't believe so. So the owners that are listed on the assessor site are the same owners that we believe currently own the location. Um, you know, we've uh, we've reached out to them and spoke with them as well, um, and I think they fully expect the public to be sending letters of opposition to them and trying to contact them. Okay, um, another quick point was somebody pointed out, well, you pointed out at the meeting Monday, three million people uh, come here a year, and I think our population is in the area of 8,000 just in Joshua Tree. If you divide that 8,000 by the three million, that's 350 strangers per resident here, which we're all going to know his name, we're going to know his picture, where he lives. Mm-hmm. But all these people are going to be walking around in an area of brush that they are not aware that there's a rattlesnake in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that is extremely dangerous for all of our visitors. Interesting analogy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's 300, about 350 to 1. Yeah. 
And we talked about that, David, uh, that exact issue. If, if visitors come to Joshua Tree to visit the park and, and they stay in an Airbnb, they won't necessarily know that this individual is living here. And so it, all of you, you make a great point. You all know about it because we're talking about it. And, and, and my hope is that he never lives here, but we're going to do everything we can to keep that from occurring. But, but should it happen, you will all know, but those folks that come to visit will not. Correct, and I think that's an extraordinary circumstance in our favor. I agree. Is the unknown danger to everyone else. Yep. I do appreciate your time today. Thank uh, you, David. Thanks Thank for you, calling, David. David. Have, have a good Hi, Dan, you're on the radio. Good morning. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Good morning. Good morning, Dan. I, uh, I have a, a quick question about the three strikes law. Um, I wonder if you can explain how that works and why isn't this person affected by that yeah, i'm not uh, i'm not an attorney but i did hear this brought up at the meeting on monday and the deputy da's talked about this specifically that his crimes that he were was convicted of he was sentenced for prior to the three strikes law so three strikes did not apply to these cases particularly because they occurred so long ago i see bad timing correct um Okay. Well, thank you very much, guys. Have a good day. You're welcome. Thanks, Dan. We appreciate your call. Tina, you're on the radio. Good morning. Hey. Hey. What's shaking, man, besides this craziness? Do you you have a comment you'd like to make today, Tina? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm a victim of a predator myself, and my son was also a victim, and my son has last killed himself because of this situation. Um. I went through the legal system and reported the person that did this to my son, and it took him four years of surveillance on this person who happened to be a detention officer for boys of his specific targeting, and it took him four years, but the police killed him. Why do you draw that conclusion? What made me draw that conclusion? Uh Well, the man that did it was my son's stepfather, and when my son was at my house for the summer, he dropped a bunch of photographs, and they were all naked pictures of him, and I instantly froze because I knew what that meant, and I talked to him. And he said, oh, he takes pictures of me like that. They're all posing pictures of him nude. So I reported to a man that my son was seeing as a counselor what I found, and they hooked up surveillance and closed circuit uh, video and sound to this man who was a detention officer for delinquent boys of a specific age. He targeted boys. Now, they they found out I was telling the truth. It took him four years. But he was going to be arrested, and his police officer friends, because that's what he went to Michigan State University for. Tina? Ah, we've seemed to have lost the connection, so sorry about that. Okay, we'll, we'll go to another line. I think I think I understand the point. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to go so much as saying they killed him, but perhaps her perception is because right, right. it took so long right. to bring this predator to justice right. that right. that was the result. And I, I, I respect that, Tina, and we appreciate your calling in. Debbie, you're on the radio. Good morning. Good morning. I find it strange that this hospital is letting him out and this judge agrees but yet they don't want him to live in their area. And then I find what happens, we 
the statistics say from many, many years of studying, these people reoffend, and he's proven that. And now you put him in San Bernardino County, who's going to pay for his trial, the people he hurt, and running him uh, back and forth, and then now if he reoffends here, he's going to be our problem. But I would like to know if he's so better, why do they not want him where he's at? Interesting point. That, that's a great question, Debbie. And, <laughs> and in having discussions with the deputy DAs, they're not sure either because they were not noticed that there was a hearing on this individual being placed outside of Ventura County. So they're not sure what the circumstances are that the judge determined he was eligible to be released outside of Ventura County. The law is very clear that anybody that is being released as an SVP has to stay in the county that they're from but there is an exception, and in this case, the judge found an exception, but we don't know what it is because our DA's office was not at the hearing, so they didn't hear what those, those issues were that led the judge to that decision. They're hoping to find that out soon. Great. All right. All right, I'll do my part to keep them out of here. All right, thanks, Thank Debbie. You. Appreciate you. <laughs> so uh, my, my question is, the local DA was not invited to that process, was not apprised of that process. Uh, how'd that work? I mean, if if I'm suing somebody or something affects me, in your case, something affects your county, you think that you would be notified that your county is part of this judicial proceeding, but that didn't happen. Yeah, I think what happened in this case is that the judge uh, was hearing those facts and made the decision that there was an exception and could be this guy could be placed outside of Ventura County in one of six or seven different counties. And so RDA's office was not noticed, nor were the other proposed potential counties either. So nobody knows what those conditions were that led the judge to make that decision he was eligible to be released outside of Ventura. So our county, represented by our district attorney, was not able to file an objection to that. Correct. They didn't even know about the hearing. But they're trying to find out what those circumstances were. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick little break. We're back with more of the Z1077 Up Close Show. Our guests in studio today, Sheriff John McMahon, the Sheriff of San Bernardino County, and Captain Travis Newport, the commander of the Morongo Basin Station of the Sheriff's Department. We will be right back with more. Don't go away. This year, make yourself a priority and lay the foundation for a long, healthy life with Total Fitness, 29's most luxurious gym. So many benefits when you join. Weight loss, reduce stress, lower blood pressure, sleep better, reduce pain, more energy, reduce... Yes, exercise improves all that and more. You have the power to make the change. Boost endorphins, control addiction, prevent diabetes anti-aging benefits start your journey to a better you your confidence and motivation will grow and soon you'll keep moving simply because it feels good total fitness 29 in the stater brother center 29 palms 
caramel apples and pumpkin spice. The flavors of fall are at Steak and Shake right now. For a limited time, enjoy these yummy flavored shakes. Chocolate cookie lovers, try the Double Stuff Oreo Shake. At Steak and Shake, they're made with real milk and hand-dipped ice cream. Watch them in the shake station as they scoop real ice cream, then mix in your favorite flavors in the retro-style stainless steel Hamilton Beach Blender. Every Monday and Tuesday, it's happy hour every hour with half-price shakes and drinks. Steak and Shake, Home Depot Center, Yucca Valley. Little Shop of Horrors is live on stage now at Theater 29, showing weekends through the end of October. This sci-fi musical comedy features a huge mutant flesh-eating plant with a big voice. Shy Seymour and lovely Audrey find true love. And a sadistic dentist adds to the laughs. You'll be a the cast includes Theater 29 veteran favorites as well as talented newcomers. Little Shop of Horrors, live at Theater 29. For tickets, visit theater29.com or call 760-361-4151. When your best friends are furry, you treat them with love. 29 Paws Pet Grooming and Supplies is the place to pamper your pets. This is a full-service pet spa. Grooming, bathing, supplies, and gifts. Let Robin, Megan, and Taylor treat your best friend with gentle care. And they pick up and deliver. Call 760-362-3332. Pet supplies and treats. Pet-themed gifts. 29 Paws is open Tuesday through Saturday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. On Adobe, just north of the highway. They treat your pets as if they were their own. And we are back with the final portion of the Z107. Oh, no, we got one more. Well, the next to the last final portion of the Z107 7 Up Close Show, our guest in studio today is Sheriff John McMahon of San Bernardino County, Captain Travis Newport, the commander of the Morongo Basin Station. We're talking about the uh, process by which a sexually violent predator has been proposed to be moved to Jossetree. I'm going to go back and uh, just do a little bit of a review. There is no dumping. That's a common legend. It doesn't happen. Uh, it's illegal. Uh, if someone is going to be placed, if they get out of jail or are released from a mental hospital, if they're going to be placed in a community, the law is very specific, saying it has to be in the county in which they were they were residing in which they were arrested in. This has to be at that county. In this particular case, uh, this guy is from Ventura County, and the Ventura County judge has determined the, that he would come to Joshua Tree. Now, I want to go back to what we were talking about before we went to break, and that is the procedure. So when this procedure first came out, where they had listed a number of counties where it could be possible, they did not notify San Bernardino County District Attorney so they were not present at that particular court proceeding Correct. to give an objection. Correct. But there's another court proceeding. So this is not over yet. It is not. Okay. So when is the next court proceeding? And will this be the final say? Is, is, is this it? There, the next court proceeding will be on November 7th in Ventura. I don't know that it'll be the last one. The judge will hear from RDA's office. Uh, Captain Newport will be justifying as well, and there probably will be others if the judge allows them to present their side of the, the case. The judge may make a decision then, may take it under submission. Not sure exactly how soon we'll have a decision, 
But we heard from Deputy DA Maureen O'Connell on Monday that if the judge decides that this individual is going to be placed in Joshua Tree, our DA's office and, and our DA Jason Anderson are going to file an appeal. And so that will stop everything for the time being until that appeal is decided. Uh, so uh, once that appeal is, is decided, uh, that would be the, the, final, the final curtain, as they say. Correct, so, and who knows how long that will yeah, take. Yeah, and, and, and the judge may, may rule in favor of the objection. We, we, you don't know. True. Uh, so let me come back to what is it that the citizens of the Morongo Basin can do to help strengthen this case and let this judge know that we really, really, really don't want this person in our community. Well, they've already started because when we put out the notice of the emergency meeting on Monday, boy, the response was incredible. Not that I'm surprised because this community is very active and is certainly concerned as they should be about this individual being dumped basically in Joshua Tree. So their, their attendance at the meeting was televised and it's been written about and you've talked about it. So there's already a message being sent that this community is actively involved and is against this. Now, they can continue by sending emails and or letters, whatever they choose, and we will make sure that that gets delivered to the judge as well. Now, they can also write the judge directly. Yes. And that address is at Z1077FM.com. We've got that address up there. It's all over the place. You can send a letter to the San Bernardino County District Attorney's Office, which will then become part of the case. And uh, basically, they just want uh, the the message to be communicated to this judge of Vendera County that we're not going to stand for this. Right. Yeah, we got, we got a caller. Let's talk to them. And uh, Vince, you're on the radio. Good morning. Hello. Yeah, I just wanted to know, how many more pedophiles do we need up here? Can you tell me that? Well, uh, that's kind of rhetorical. We, we, have our own, we have our own. We don't need a transplant. I think everybody agrees with that, Vince. Absolutely. That's it. I mean, how many is there? Can you give me a number on that in Joshua Tree? Yeah, uh, you can go on. There's a Megan's Law website. You can count. I don't have it in front of me. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I, I okay. actually can. Uh, oh, hang on. We I do. Weigh in Captain on that, Newport so. does have the numbers. Here we go. So, Vince, in Joshua Tree Landers area, uh, we have 51 total. Uh, in the basin, we have 291. Uh, and only one of those is a sexually violent predator in the town of Yucca Valley. 291 too many. Thank you. Thank you, right. sir. Thanks, Vince. I think we all agree with that. Uh, 760-366-8471. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about the cost also. I read somewhere that it costs $262,000 a year to incarcerate these sexually violent predators to keep them in this in, in this hospital in Kalinga and the process by which Liberty Health Services, which is the agency designated by the court – to, to, to be the in-between there. Uh, is, is that a close figure? Uh, I'm not sure what okay. it costs in, the, yeah. in Colinga Hospital uh, to keep those individuals. So uh, that very well could be. And if you read it, it's probably accurate. Okay. Yeah. So this judge decides he wanted to send this SVP to the Morongo Basin. I'm glad you told me that we have one other here. Yes. And that, uh, that person is in Yucca Valley. But he's from here. He yeah, he's from here. Right. Yeah, he's so not being from our so, county. So this county wants to send him to this county. Who pays the bills when this guy gets here? That's all us. Yeah. Uh, so and, this and county, so Ventura County is going to decide they're going to make San Bernardino County pay for their mess. Right, and and I think that's the frustration that we have as well. I mean, you know, you're you're taxing our resources 
and causing uh, a lot more distraction for us um, financially, operationally, you know, across the board. And, you know, you're amongst all this, you're messing with the well-being and tranquility of our of our communities, which is it's frustrating. Um, And I think everybody feels that and senses that. The other aspect of this uh, that you actually reminded me of is the fact that this individual is being released on a treatment program and uh, a part of their considerations deal with the treatment and availability. Well, we have no treatment availability within these communities for this individual. In fact, he'll be driving to Orange County, California for his treatment. So they decided to put him in San Bernardino County when the closest place for his treatment, which he's required to have, is in is in Orange County. Absolutely, that doesn't make much sense. But then again, none of this does. We're gonna take a uh, we're gonna take another caller, and uh, Jim is on the radio. And uh, Jim, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Gary. Uh, good morning, Sheriff. Good morning, and Jim. Captain Jim Harris over in Twenty Nine. If I can, uh, I just want to back up quite a few years uh, out in the Joshua Tree area. Uh, we had a sexual predator uh, out there, and I'm not advocating uh, this, but I remember driving down Reefy Road, and people had gone and made big posters with the guy's picture, address, and phone number, and nailed them to the telephone poles. Uh, it sent a great message, and very shortly thereafter, I was led to believe he was gone. They moved him out. Uh, but advertising pays in such great ways. Yes, sir. You want to yeah, comment to that? I, I don't remember that specific case, yeah. Jim, but I know that's happened in other parts of the county when an out-of-county SVP was being proposed or potentially relocated into our county. Uh, folks did do some things like uh, walk around with signs and write letters and a variety of other things to make sure that everybody in the neighborhood knew. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, you folks are certainly on the right track, and uh, uh, getting you on the air today gets the message out to a lot more people than Monday night because the place was packed. I couldn't get in. Uh, But uh, this forum today, and with you going to testify... Uh, up there uh, with this judge, I would assume, uh, to get this message out, I think is so crucial. We don't need these people here. And and uh, Sheriff McMahon, you don't need them in our county anywhere, not just speaking for Joshua Tree. We don't need them anywhere in our county if they were not from here and had to be released back here. We don't need them. We, I mean, we're so better off without them. We have enough issues for your folks to deal with, uh, you and Travis Newport, uh, uh, you know, it's just overwhelming to think that uh, now some other county can lay this on us, and it's not right. You're absolutely but right, Jim. For the time. Absolutely. Thank you for the time. All right, okay. Jim, thanks Thank for you, calling. Jim. Uh, so I want to come back to your figure, 291 registered sex offenders in the entire Morongo Basin. That may sound like a big number, but proportionally, it's pretty much the same across California. Is that, is that right? Yeah, that's it's a pretty average. You know, uh, in the county of San Bernardino, we have over twenty six hundred total. Um, so you know, it's it's when you look at the big picture, 
it's not as many as people would think. Yeah, so we don't want people to think there's a sex offender behind every boulder. Exactly. Uh, it is the same percentage in San Bernardino County generally than, than all of California. You're absolutely correct. So I, I wanted to get that point yeah, out there. Yeah, and there's 2.1 million people that live in the county. Right. Okay. So, so you're right. The, the percentage of 290 registrants or sex registrants in our county is similar to those in other parts of the state. Now, we do have the Megan's Law website, and so really anybody uh, who has computer access can, can see who these people are, where they live, uh, when they were convicted. Yep, absolutely. Uh, right, right now. Yep. Do that very easily. strongly easy recommend that. Yeah, just Google Megan's Law, and then it'll ask you San Bernardino County, and it'll come up. We're going to take a quick little break. We'll do a little review uh, of, of we're going to rally the troops, tell everybody what we need them to do. To uh, Let's get them, team. And we're going to take a quick little break. We'll be right back. Modern Solar. We're local, we're good at what we do, and we have a perfect track record to prove it. Solar's our passion. Let us in your bidding for solar quotes. If you pay $200 a month or more for power, chances are you'll save money going solar right away. Protect yourself from rising power costs and increase the value of your home going solar. Let us answer some questions for you. Call 760-820-2939. We're Modern Solar. 760-820-2939. Well, the ever-popular Joshua Tree Certified Farmer's Market is turning 12, and you're invited to a special anniversary and Halloween party from 8 to 1 this Saturday. Join myself and my wife, Cindy, as we broadcast live from 9 to noon from Turtle Island and Joshua Tree. There'll be festivities for the whole family. Kids will get a raffle ticket for a chance to win a whole bunch of prizes at 11 o'clock. There'll be organic candy apples for the kids, and the kids can go trick-or-treating at the vendor's booth with the farmers and Z1077 FM at the Joshua Tree Certified Farmer's Market 12th Anniversary and Halloween Party coming up this Saturday. Tis the season, the McRib season. It's back. For a limited time only, McRib lovers unite and head to your local McDonald's where you'll get two McRib sandwiches for just $6. Seasoned boneless pork smothered in Western-style barbecue sauce topped with pickles and onions on a caramelized roll. McRib is only here for a limited time, so enjoy the season now. Order from the kiosks in the 29 Palms and Yucca Valley stores and get everything you want just like you want while skipping the line and being waited on. McDonald's. I'm loving it. High Desert Medical Center has been caring for our community for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Karen Fallis, CEO of High Desert Medical Center, your hometown hospital. Did you know we provide emergency care, surgical services, plus free health seminars every month? Our team of compassionate health care providers is on a mission to improve the health and well-being of our community. Find out more at DesertCareNetwork.com. That's DesertCareNetwork.com. And we're back with the final portion of our show. It's 10.56. We have a few minutes left uh, with Sheriff John McMahon and Sheriff's Captain Travis Newport. So let's do a little review. The court date for this Ventura County judge to get all the testimony, all the letters, to review all of that for the county DA. What is that date? November 7th. Okay. And we have until October 29th to write letters. Correct. Okay. 
And who do we all write letters to? Not just one. We we want a full court press here. Sure. You can write letters to the judge. We can You can write letters to the DA's office. Ultimately, we'll make sure they get delivered. You can send them to us at our P Affairs website. We'll make sure that they get delivered as well. And, and as some suggested in earlier calls, you can write letters to Liberty Healthcare. You can write letters to the owners of this residence. Now, I, I do want to uh, clear up something we said, the cost of that. The, act, the cost of the rent, the cost of, of, the, uh, of this person's subsistence is paid by Liberty Health Services, which right. is paid for by the court. So we're paying for that on our taxes. We're paying it out of yeah. our taxes. Yeah. yeah, the Department of State Hospitals yeah. contracts with Liberty, yeah. and they're paying for the rent, the treatment. The transportation, the supervision, the GPS monitoring, all of that's being paid for. Them. But the additional law enforcement is being paid by you coming right Abs- out of your budget. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So we want to make sure everybody understands that. We got we got time for one more caller. We'll go ahead and do that before we say goodbye. And John, you're on the radio. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Your comment today? Um, yeah. You know, there's. Uh, I, I'm listening to a lot of this, and it's one of those things where... You know, there's 290, whatever it was. 291. Uh, yeah, 291 people. And it sounds like it's going to be like a headhunt for those 291. I think that the important difference, John, is that those those 291 are sex registrants for a variety of other crimes, but they're not designated as sexually violent predators like this individual. And I think there's a distinct difference. This guy has shown a pattern and practice of reoffending and being violent in the sexual way. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. You know, I mean... Yeah, the other ones are sex offenders who are required to register, but this guy is a sexually violent predator, a legal term put on by the court system. Totally different. Totally different, yes. All right, John? Oh, okay, thank you. All right, thanks for calling. And that is going to do it. I'd like to thank uh, Sheriff McMahon and Captain Newport uh, for coming in and giving this community some, some valid and, and vital information. We're, we're behind you. I think you see with the support you have of the community. And let's see if we can get this thing stopped. Yes, sir. Thank All you right, so much, thanks. Gary. That's going to do it for the z 107 up special show. Join me again at a regular hour this coming Friday at 10 o'clock for more Up Close. Thanks for listening. Drive carefully, and God bless. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Up Close, a weekly talk and interview program presented in the public interest by Z1077 News. Join Gary Denio again next Friday at 10 for more Up Close.